This is episode 336. Mm-hmm. What's up, Brewskies? My name is Marco Dupa. With me, as always, the great and powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Brewskies? Tonight's brew is from the Russian River Company. Uh, this was gifted to us by a regular at Red Light Red Light. Shout out to Mike. Great guy. He decided, you know, he went up to California, brought us some stuff back, decided he was going to bring me some stuff for the podcast. So I really appreciate that. Good dude. This is the Pliny the Elder, their flagship IPA. Whoop. Their flagship <laughs> IPA. <clears throat> and we're going to get more into that after the break. What's on tap for the show? Beautiful. It's a tap. <laughs> We talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, the box office performance. I mean, holy bejesus. It's a lot of spiders. We're in 2021, and we're like, yo, what's going on? People are showing up to movie theaters, apparently. Even with Omicron. (laughs) And the unfortunate news, Netflix has canceled the Cowboy Bebop anime, or I'm sorry, live action show based on the anime. We actually haven't talked that much about the show since having hyped it up a lot on episodes prior. Right. We'd only talked about the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the show kind of came out, we didn't really... We went silent, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so we're going to talk about that. I know you guys have been waiting on it. Mm -hmm. That and probably a little bit more. We'll see where this fucking podcast takes us. But regardless, let's crack this bitch open. This is episode 336 of the One Beer In Podcast. Beautiful. to it look at that golden beautiful fizzy beautiful so there you go boom Pliny the elder this is the one beer in podcast the podcast where two brews crack open a brew and we see where that one brew takes us thank you guys for listening um like share and subscribe everywhere podcasts are sold listen to all that jazz and without further ado, Obi, please tell the people what we're drinking tonight. As Marcus said, we have the Pliny the Elder from the Russian Red, Russian River Brewing Company. There's no it. red in there. There's red on the logo, right though. That's where I got that from. There is a cold read for a change. I'm very happy to see. Do it up. <clears throat> Pliny the Elder was a Roman naturalist, scholar, historian, and author. In his writings, he refers to lupus salicarius, meaning wolf among scrubs, likely an early reference to hop vines growing wild among willows. Pliny the Elder died in 79 AD while saving people during the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. 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 He was immortalized by his nephew and adopted son, Pliny the Younger. Pliny the Elder, the beer, is a full-bodied, hop-forward double IPA. Keep refrigerated and consume fresh 
to best enjoy this beer's intense hop character. This is one pint. Uh, ABV is 8%. There you go. So if you're in the Northern California area, you can get your hands on this pretty easily. Anywhere else, I don't know. Go fuck yourself. I don't (laughs) know what to tell you. Probably not. Maybe not. So let's drink up. Cheers. That's good. Daddy-like. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if we're going to do, a lot of times, if we're going to do these IPAs, I want them to be, like, super traditional or go for it <clears throat> as far as, like, is it a double IPA? Mm-hmm. You know, something just fucking, you know, hurt me. <laughs> I want to feel something. <laughs> it's been a hard couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Done with the hops. You're you know? done with the hops. You're done with the hops. Well, I mean, I'm I'm okay, let me not say that cuz that's a very definitive statement. Sure. Let yeah. me not say just done a lot of beer with a lot of hops. hops. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm completely done with the hops. I'm saying like I'm I'm like I'm I'm good. <laughs> unless had, it's like you had your fill for now yeah unless it's something super interesting <laughs> yeah or different Just or fe- the specialty like this one here yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah so let's get to the end of this bitch and you guys can hear the full review of the Pliny the Elder Pliny the Elder Pliny the Elder I really I feel like we've been doing that accent but it it's according not, to that it yeah, has yeah it's, it's not, not it's not, not that any, accent at yeah. all it's not not English. No. I mean, I guess technically IPAs are inherently English. Well, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, that's the whole British. Technically, that's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, yeah. Is that they yeah. crossed over the ocean? We, we know, we know, we right? Know, we know the history. You know exactly. the history, right? Yeah, you all know the history. We Look don't up need the to... history of IPAs. Yeah, if, if you don't know the history, figure it out. Yeah, interesting story. But yeah, I've been colonialism. Doing... <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I've been doing that accent, and it has nothing to do with that. It sounds good, though. Pliny. Pliny, Pliny doesn't sound. Pliny sounds like an English name. It sounds like an English uh, nickname. To be fair, I feel like if they were to make Pliny the Elder and Younger's movie, it would be done by British people. Absolutely. So anytime there's like ancient Romans, they're all British. Anytime it's anything ancient, they're British. It's true. Yeah. Even de- if default, they're yeah a bunch of Egyptians, they're they're British. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood does not give a fuck. No. Speaking of Hollywood. Oh, wow. We are in the midst of what could be finally a resurgence of the movie theater industry. Just going back to movie theaters or maybe it's could just be? the one movie. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. N- no Way Home. No Way Home? Far. From, what's Far From Home? The second one. One that came just before this one. Oh. Yeah. Right. Homecoming. Okay. Homecoming. Far, far from, from home. home. No way no home. No way home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not confusing at all. No. <laughs> no way home is the third installment of the Tom Holland Spider-Man franchise. It's the second Spider-Man 3, if that wasn't confusing enough. <laughs> and the much-hyped, much-talked-about Spider-Man 3 of MCU. Right. Finally seeing its release. And uh, it's doing gangbusters. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I it's, mean, as as one would expect for an MCU movie, 
period. Well, I mean, you say that, but the the um, you know the one starring people, you know, not not like just straight up white dudes, didn't do like as well as they could have. Okay, Steve and I were looking at the original. Oh my ass! Ugh. We were looking at the original slate of Phase Four movies that were supposed to come out. Yeah, you know, we should have already been past. Love and Thunder at this point. Really? Love and Thunder was supposed to come out in November. Wow. Of 2021. Ooh. So at this point right now, we should have been in phase five, actually. We should have already been working on the next phase of movies. Let me ask you a question. I know we're going to get into the box office, you know, uh, numbers. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Do you think... Sitting here today, if we were to have been where we were supposed to be without COVID happening, do you think that's too much MCU in one sitting? Because remember, we're also getting all the TV shows, too. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, if you look at their schedule, it's pretty ambitious. Yeah. The stuff that they wanted to do within, like, a year and a half was a show after a show after a show after a movie after a show after a movie. It was very ambitious. It's hard to say... If I would feel any, if I would feel like it was worse, like, I don't, I have not gotten tired of MCU content. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people have. I know that a lot of people are like, it's just the same movie over and over and over again. I get that. Yeah. Me personally have not gotten tired of it Mm -hmm. because I've kind of accepted that. <clears throat> until they show us that there's a reason to care about the consequences of this universe, that there aren't going to be very many solid consequences. True. And it's just a it's just a thrill ride. I have the ability to, once I have uh, um, accepted mm-hmm. that that's what this is, I have the ability to go, all right, I'm good with that. Yeah. And I know that there are some moviegoers who don't or refuse – to just accept it is what it is. Yeah. Well, we buy Call of Duty every year, too. Exactly. So, you exactly. Know, it's, it, I think that's exactly what it is, though. It's like it's and the same thing with Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that was it. That was the franchise I had in my head. It, it, it's comfort about. food. It's it's just it's something uh, enjoyable, exciting, but also very familiar and kind of paint by numbers a lot of the times. I yeah, mean, it's not innovative. It's not these movies aren't going to win any Academy Awards. Th- there are flourishes of interesting concepts and styles and, you know, different mm-hmm. things like that within yeah. a lot of these movies. But as a product, like they're not really, you know, uh, breaking any any barriers here no. with, within filmmaking. Right. Which is fine. That's okay. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people I mean, I'm a I'm a film guy air quotes but He's a film guy i mean i i think i don't know if if you can't enjoy a blockbuster f- kind of feel good crowd pleaser every once in a while at very least like check your pulse buddy yeah people are really really angry about this kind of stuff i used to be really uptight about it too when i was younger but I mean, we talked about this before. My my fight has left my body. Yeah, because <laughs> in what those is years, the point? there's no point uh, other than a superiority complex in which you go, 
Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't see the latest Marvel movie. <laughs> I uh, in, in, no. I instead saw the uh, that little indie that was sweeping Sundance. No problem with that either. Which, but I'm by, saying, yeah, by the way, you can watch both of those movies. You can do both. You can yeah. do both. Nobody's stopping you from watching both. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, to answer your question, would it be better had they been able to pull that off? Better than what's going on now? Yeah, I think so, yes. Because what's going on now is like these movies and TV shows have been spaced out so much that they're losing their momentum. Like, uh... uh, Hawkeye? No, not Hawkeye. Black Widow. The Black Widow movie that should have come out 15 years ago. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Comes out, doesn't do the numbers that it... that they wanted it to do and we even talked about it on the show the, mm-hmm. the lawsuit that she brought up against right. them Scarlett because Johansson. of how she yeah uh because of how that they uh released the movie yeah um dual on streaming service and on in theaters because they had to do what they had to do they were right. trying to figure out how they were gonna survive mm-hmm. during this weird time that we're currently still in by the way yeah <laughs> and that movie should have done a billion dollars at the box office like sure. easily you know not even not even on some like you know girl power women are going to show up for this franchise just off the strength of the mcu it should have done a billion dollars you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess so i feel like black widow at that point kind of old hat though you know like i people were excited i was excited about it but it wasn't like it's not like Spider Man though. No, you know? no, no, like, no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. It's or not, you yeah. know, even even it wasn't even like a Shang Chi because it. It's no, like, I think it would have done better than Shang Chi. I don't know. I don't know about that because, sure, she's an established character, but spoiler alert: we know that there's not going to be any more of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Right. So but it's I don't like, think that that would have stopped that many film goers. To go see it, I suppose. Had it come out when it was supposed to come out? Yeah, I, I felt like it was always positioned as like a, uh, like a fill gap between these series of movies. It, it kind of reminds me actually a little bit of um, Spider-Man Two. Mm-hmm. Now that you mention it, because Spider-Man Two is like almost an epilogue of um, Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Yeah. So it. it, it feels like after that we're left with like, well, what now? Yeah, and then. That's the feeling of the whole movie is what now. Yeah. And then so I feel like in that vacuum, we would get this prequel movie of Black Widow that would just give us a little bit more time with the with that character, distract us from everything else that's going to happen later on. Yeah. And then we get hit with, you know, the rest of Slate 4. And well, and that's exactly why I think it would have done it would have done better numbers had it come out when it was supposed to, because yeah. of the fact that people were still living off of this, not nostalgia, but like they were still riding high on Endgame, and her character having the moment that she has, yeah. and I think I think people would have shown up for it. I think for sure people would have shown up for that. And Florence Pugh is in it, and she had her momentum from Midsommar and all the sh- shit that she's been doing. Yeah. She was having a moment, and fucking. A uh, homie from uh, Stranger Things was in it. Oh right, yeah, David and Harbor. He was David Harbor, and he mm-hmm. was having a moment. So I think, I think all those things colliding, coalescing, if you will. Yeah. I think that that would have made it so that 
you you strike while the iron's hot. You put that movie out. You do you do big numbers. I didn't think that Aquaman was going to be as successful as it was because I thought, you know, Jason Momoa is a popular actor, but I didn't think he was like an A list sure. superstar. Yeah, and yet that movie. Aquaman's not a good movie. Call, <laughs> say whatever you want. You can say it's fun and it's blah blah blah. Yeah. It's that movie sucks. Mm. <laughs> it's not a good movie. I know you like it. And I like it too. Let me just let me just okay. say that I do like it. Yeah. But it's not good. We're using different scales though when we're talking about Aquaman, you know. In in comparison to the DC universe. Aquaman is pretty good yeah okay i feel yeah. like aquaman stands pretty tall among <laughs> those a- along with the shazams of the world you know yeah. like okay i feel like it is of the fun and uh you know just again crowd pleasing kind of movie yeah as opposed to the the general like we're taking this very seriously yeah and you need to too yeah um which i don't prefer yeah but but still that movie doing a billion surprising yeah, yeah. surprise i mean uh, i'm not sure i haven't seen the numbers on it but i'm sure it did really well over overseas ah. overseas <laughs> yeah I, meant, I think it did i meant for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> i think it did well overseas. yeah i mean it, it just it, it seems to be that like very simplistic stories with really expensive graphics tend to do pretty well overseas yeah they, tra- they it translates well Here's here's my guess. Market. Here's my guess. Let's look it up. Okay. Oh my ass. My guess is that it did two fifty domestic. Okay. And it made up the rest overseas. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna stick with two fifty, and then seven hundred and fifty uh, overseas. I don't really want to argue with that because that sounds pretty solid. Six fifty, rather, right? Six fifty. I don't do math. I, <laughs> I write for a living. I don't. I don't do math. You don't need to do math. Uh, Aquaman. Box. Box office. office. It's box office performing. All right. So it it made one point one four eight billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. One point one billy total. Um, let's see international. Three hundred thirty-two international. No way. So it. No way it did that much. No. Look at two hundred two hundred nine million came from China alone. So what's it? What's it? What's its domestic numbers? Three hundred thirty-four million <laughs> domestic. That's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. We liked it, apparently. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy oh. that that many people showed up for fucking Aquaman. Good for Momoa. Yeah. Fucking insane. I mean, I feel like it, it was a, definitely a time and place movie, too. Like, it struck at the perfect time for that movie to come out. I'm 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 reeling from this information. <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I thought around the same thing that you were thinking, too. So that's surprising. Huh. Well, I we were wrong about that. We were definitely wrong. <clears throat> anyway, I think had had Black Widow come out when it was supposed to, it would have done. I think it would have done better. I think Shang Chi, even though it did well, it would have it would have done better. Given the fact that it did so well in the pandemic era, sure, yeah. it, I think it would have done even better. Yeah, to keep the momentum going, I guess. Because it's a good movie. Have you seen Shang Chi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we haven't really talked about that. No, no. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was, it, you know, kind of... It became what every Marvel origin movie ends up being. Uh-huh. But that being said, I I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I liked a lot of the, the fight scenes and stuff. I thought it relied a little too much on CG, mm-hmm. most of which didn't look very good, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, but yeah. beyond that, I liked the characters. I liked the story in general, and I like his powers. It seems like it's a it's a cool new take on what a superhero can do with those rings. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting that we're at this place with these movies now where we're like, okay, like... You know, it's the whole, it's the MCU thing. We're going to do an origin movie. And you know the origin movie is going to kind of suck if it's not called Iron Man. And you just accept that because you know, like, the second one is going to be super good. Right. Iron Man or Black Panther. Those are the only two origin yeah. movies that actually are good. Like, otherwise, most of them kind of suck. That's, yeah. Thor kind of sucks. Yeah. Captain America kind of sucks. Shang-Chi's okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. But it's not like, you know, this late into the Captain universe, Marvel. you're like, Captain Marvel kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sucks. Yeah. So <clears throat> you just kind of accept that. Mm-hmm. You go, I'm going to go see this because, you know, what else am I going to do? I wish there was a better way for them to do it, though. You know? Like, what if they were to do, like, the the sort of beginning introduction to this character is maybe on, like, a TV show? Yeah. And we just we space it out, make it like a miniseries, like a maybe a four or five episode thing mm. that we get to know this character, how they get their powers, mm. and then bam, they have their big movie. You know? Well, I mean, speaking of Spider Man, they did Spider Man perfectly. I think. You introduce him in the MCU sure, by yeah. like slow dripping uh-huh. the information about him, but you don't do the whole Uncle Ben gets murdered, right. he discovers his powers, he gets bit by the spider, blah, 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 blah. the same bullshit. Right. Now, and then you just go here he is. Right, and I agree, but people, people, um, you, yeah, we're looking at you, um, they argue that because of that, a lot of the Spider-Man movies, uh, all the Spider-Man movies, uh, at least up to this point, rely too heavily on other characters. There hasn't been, like, a Spider-Man in Queens just doing his own thing without Tony and without this outside ephemera of of the avengers over it yeah but i mean that's the mcu spider-man right now at right. this point it's like we're we're not gonna get i mean what hmm. that worked that worked like really quickly <laughs> i was just trying to get it off my eyes we're not gonna get that spider-man yeah probably never really well, yeah, I mean, when would they have time? Well, it, I mean... And they, it's all linked. I, I, I Let me not... Let me do a little bit of conspiracy theory right now. Uh-huh. I think maybe that's somewhat purposeful. Yeah. With the whole Sony and, and Marvel split. Sony-Disney split, really. Um, do you think that maybe the MCU is kind of like, let's throw and intertwine him in as many things as possible so that we have our own, like kind of grips on the character and yeah. he will be more successful with us because he's now so intrinsic to this world that we've created oh yeah i could see that definitely you know like i'm sure there was a boardroom meeting about that there mm-hmm. has to be yeah so which is so fucked up when you think about the fact that <laughs> a movie is written so that 
it's written with capitalism in mind. Oh, sure. Yeah. That I mean, it's all about money at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's always going to be about money at the end of the day. But to imagine that there was, and you know that there was, a board meeting mm-hmm. of writers, producers, and, and, and just uh, industry insiders who are like, well, the only way that we can make sure that Sony has no choice but to include us in their future endeavors is to write it so that this movie is intrinsic to this universe yeah. and he has nothing else to do in the Sony Sony universe. Right. And it and it's all just based on we want to continue making money off of this character. Yeah. They need some leverage. Yeah. Got of fucked up. <laughs> but also shrewd. Yeah, shrewd smart. business decision to do that. Smart. So, yeah, I think they did that with the Spider-Man character uh more or less. And I think that that's the best way to, if, if, like, within the universe that they've created, it's the best way that you can do something. Like, Shang-Chi is um, Peter Parker's martial arts master. So once Peter Parker learns how to, he learns from Chung, Shang-Chi how to fight hand-to-hand. Mm. Um, until he meets Shang-Chi, he's relying on... Uh, you know his his, his web slinging ability mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Reflexes. But once once he meets Shang Chi, he learns how to actually fight. Mm-hmm. And so Shang, that's why that's why he's so important in the MC. That's not the only reason why, but that's one of the reasons why he's so uh, important in the MCU. Right. So they could have very easily introduced uh, the guy. What Simu Lu? Is his name? Uh, Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Mm-hmm. They could have very easily introduced him as just some guy who's working in a karate studio mm-hmm. teaching uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker how to fight. Yeah. And comic book nerds would have been like, fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> Shang-Chi is like teaching him in a karate studio, blah, right. blah, blah. And that would have been a cool thing. Instead, they were like, we're going to capitalize on this whole, you know, Asian revolution in Hollywood, right? And we're gonna make a whole, we're gonna make a whole movie based around this character, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that they did that, and I, I appreciate that they did that, and it's awesome. Um, and I like more. Mar- I want more. I I want more uh, blockbuster martial arts movies. Yeah. I want that. I miss when you could go to the theater and spend an hour and a half just watching like Extraction. The the Chris Hemsworth movie, yeah, not really a martial arts movie, but you know, close oh, quarter combat. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of hand to hand, and yeah, yeah. It, it falls within the sure. genre. Shout, out, want, shout out Travis. <laughs> I want, shout out to Travis. Yeah, I want more of that in big budget blockbuster movies. I want to go to the theater and be able to just sit down and watch a guy destroy just a beat whole the hell out of a lot of people. people. Yeah, yeah, I miss that, man. Yeah. I miss that so much. Yeah. It's such a uh, to me. It's like it's what I grew up on, man. It's like like, and I mean, I feel like even in general, we kind of lost that. Yeah. Uh, up until like the raid came out, mm-hmm. I feel like that was one of those revolutionary like, oh, we can make like a modern action movie with guns and stuff that you need for a blockbuster, and make it really rip ass, you yeah. know? <laughs> just yeah. make it awesome. Just make it fucking just. Dude, kinetic just action. And, yeah, and they, yeah, it's great. Um, and I don't know why. 
I don't know why studios were like, we can't do this anymore. Nobody wants to see this movie. Because everyone wants to see that movie. Yeah. Pretty well, much I, everyone. I think it has a lot to do with the ratings. Because <clears throat> that's going to be hard to do. Especially like a raid-like movie I'm talking about. To do it at PG-13. Mm. So... I think Capitalism. a lot of that, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's really just it's really about how much money can we make off of this. Shit. I mean, but you can. I feel like I feel like you definitely could do that. You you could. Uh, I'm convinced you could make a PG-13 um, John Wick movie if you really wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted to, for sure. You can make you can well, make. I mean, visceral, the Dark Knight is super violent uh, I mean, and, and dark, and that's that's the go-to. Is like you can make a very mature, viscerally violent movie without breaking the ratings board you know yeah yeah you can Get do creative. it creative you don't have to you don't need blood blood and gore and, yeah and cussing and and like just boobies subtle f word here you have one you get one yeah you can say shit a couple times i yeah, think you get it get a couple shits yeah a couple of bitches you give two shits you give, you have two shits and you know some alluded to violence mm. if the movie is done well enough no one's gonna be like, "Ugh, yeah. this isn't rated R." Like when you, I think about um, the fourth Die Hard movie, the Free or Die Hard. Ooh. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. It's I love a, it. A, uh, I love it. I love Live Free or Die Hard. It's good, it's a good movie. I really do. I, I really do. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's underrated as fuck. Yeah. I think people just because it's not the original Die Hard that they that they hate on it, but I think like on its own, it's like it's a good movie. I saw it in theaters. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about when I saw this movie in theaters? I don't know. I saw Live Free or Die Hard with my dad in theaters, and I didn't tell him that I had to go to work that day. Oh, I remember the story now. <laughs> okay, so I'd yeah. tell it for for you guys. I. I used to I worked at Publix, a grocery store out here in the southeast, and um we just went and saw the movie and I, I, I did tell him that I had to work, but it was like later in the day. And the movie obviously cut into my shift and as we were getting out of the theater, we're talking about, you know, we're both like, That was fucking good. It was a good mm-hmm. movie or whatever. And he's like, Don't you have to go to work today? <laughs> and I was like, Ah, it's fine. And he was like, I think you're gonna get fired. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, maybe. I told him straight up. I was like, maybe. Could I be. might get fired. And he just laughed. And he was like, all right, well, best of luck to you. And uh, sure enough, I did get fired. I did get fired. And it was because I went and saw Live Free or Live Die Hard. Hard. Yeah. Worth it? So, yes. <laughs> yes. Well. I'm so happy that I have that story. I'm so happy that I went and saw it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring that up because it's PG-13 and because not Because it's PG-13 and the end of the movie, you get the iconic yippee-ki-yay motherfucker line, but he doesn't say motherfucker. And a lot of people were upset about that. I remember this clear as day on the internet. People were like, ugh. They edited it out. Yeah. They kind of cut away as he's saying it. It's this thing where it's kind of alluded to. And then when you watch the unrated version, he actually does say it. Sure. But it's like at that point, it's over. It's not the theatrical release. It's you have to buy the DVD or yeah. you have to watch it on like Showtime or some right. stupid shit like that. And you do get the payoff. And honestly, it is better. He of says course. it. He's like, yeah. yippee Kaye, motherfucker. And then he fucking shoots himself. And you're like, oh, oh, that's so cool. 
Yeah. So it is a better moment that it is rated R. I will say that has a lot to do, I feel, with the precedent set by the, the other movies. Absolutely. Because it started as a rated R movie. Yeah. You can't suddenly convert back to PG-13. That's why everyone was concerned about like the new Blade coming out. Right. Is it going to be rated R? It became a big topic. Right. Because, you know, the Blade we know is rated R. Right. There's uh, intense violence, gore, yeah. blood. Yeah. Uh, and when there's a precedent cussing. when there's a precedent set, you, you have to... Uh, are you motherfuckers out of your damn mind? Right. There is a precedent set, and you have to... I think, as a, as a movie studio, you owe it to the audience to... I mean, you don't have to fall over yourself to please the audience. But I think that there's certain things that you do. Sure. And that's one of them. I think if a movie is, you know, uh, starts off as like a violent movie, it doesn't even have to be violent, but just like a movie, like an adult-themed movie. Right. You have an audience built in that is expecting that. And then you watch it and you're like, there's no reason, for instance, why Die Hard should have been PG-13. There's yeah. literally no reason. Yeah. It was a built-in franchise Bruce Willis is in his 50s at this point. Children are not going to go and see Live Free or Die Hard unless mm-hmm. they're with their old-ass dads. Yeah. That's it. Right. <laughs> right? Pretty much, yeah. So what's the point of making it PG-13? Did you think that you were going to do $500 million <laughs> at the box office? What, what was the point? I guarantee there was a boardroom, as there always is. Always. And it went a little something like this. Hey, how do we expand the audience for Die Hard? Because all of them are in their 50s now. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do? Let's make it PG-13. This will be the first of a new trilogy yeah. we'll make. Where they'll all be PG-13. It'll be fun for the whole family. Mm-hmm. And look at how that turned out. I'm sure the idea was floated to have uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. Like, carry the franchise. Yeah. I'm sure that that idea was probably floated. Well, I mean, look at the next one that came out after that. Yeah, they had his son. They had his son come in out of out nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And just introduce this, like, oh, yeah, his son's a cop, too? Or sure. spec ops, or whatever he is? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you mean the kid that we've never actually seen before? <laughs> He's never talked about? You know, they make they make a subtle reference to him in the first movie, and mm. then that's it, and they yeah. would just never talk about the son anymore? Yeah. Great. That's the kid who's going to star in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's now a kid in his what looks like 30s. <laughs> sure. Okay, fine. He looks the same age as Bruce Willis did in the first IR. Yeah, and it, it's always upsetting when they do that. It's the same thing with the uh, the third um, Mummy movie. Oh. When they were like, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to have Jet Li in this, <sighs> which was cool. Yeah. We're going to take it away from ancient Egypt, which is not cool. And we're going to recast Rachel Wise. Not cool. No. And we're also going to... Never good call. We're going to grow the shit out of the sun <laughs> and yet keep Brendan Fraser the same age. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser still looks amazing in the third movie. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to have the sun and he's in like his 30s. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Want to grab a drink, Pop? Oh, it's so ridiculous. And he loses the he loses the English accent, and I I don't know. Anyway, anyway, how do we? I don't even. Know. I don't know. I, I just want to say I hated the kid in part two. 
I know you really. I don't just like I that really kid, don't like man. that. I don't look. There are two things that I feel are absolute travesties of part two. That we're talking about the mummy now. Um, the child. The child. And I want to see the baby. <laughs> goddamn monkey mummies that look like dog shit. <laughs> Those are the two things that keep me from going back to that movie. Oh, man, that's so funny. They look awful. They do look terrible. They're like um, pygmies. Yes. That's like their whole thing. And so, like, uh, it's like this pygmy village of, of murderous little people. But they're not even like, it, I, maybe I'm not thinking about this uh, or remembering this correctly, but th- are they not like one foot tall? Yeah. They're like they're like this. They're just a little, little like Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't make any sense because they're So the thing is the premise of the movie is like they're a bunch of monsters, right? And they've they've woken up from the dead and they're like zombies or whatever. Yeah. But at some point they were alive. Right. So to be you, to be mummified, you need to have been alive right. at one point. So are you telling me that there are there was a time wherein there were people who were 1 foot tall and it's just a bunch of is it a bunch of children or is it a bunch of like grown adults who were only one to two feet tall and there was no defense against them? All you could do is run. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was a weird moment in the movie for yeah. sure. It was a very strange because the other thing is it's in the like second to last act of mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. And other than all it does is serve to kill off a bunch of b-tier characters yeah after they're done and dead you still get whatever movie you were still going to get right right yeah so you could theoretically take that whole scene out and just have brendan frazier running in the desert trying to beat the literal sands of time and mm-hmm. get his son to that pyramid, right? Yeah. If you set that, let's say I'm just now I'm just I'm, now I'm thinking. <laughs> Here we it. go. Strap in, folks. Let's say you let's say you take that whole four scene out, right? And you have this you have this sweeping camera scene where he's running in the desert against the literal sands of time, right? Sure. The yeah. sun is going down and it's moving the way it does when he's when he's about to hit mm-hmm. the the pyramid, right? right? But he's running against like the oceans of sand in the desert. Right. You don't need this big set piece, this big CGI set piece where you have like these terrible pygmy characters. You don't even need that. You yeah. take that whole part out, right? And you just have Imhotep's dudes versus uh, uh, O'Connell's dudes, the, the Egyptian guys who are supposed to protect the mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. You just have those dudes fighting. As he's running to get to the pyramid. You, you just yeah. take the whole pygmy part out. You don't even need them. Yeah. All that was was like comedic relief at the at that point. I guess I didn't find it funny. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I didn't find it that funny. That and the terrible looking blimp or whatever. Yeah, that blimp looked like shit. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful. All right. You got to poke holes into Mummy Returns. I don't like it. It's a different podcast. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, as we were getting to at the beginning of this topic, uh-huh. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No Way Home. Yeah. Set to smash the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, estimates are that it's going to make $150 million. It's crazy. 20, 2021. That's insane. Yes. Sony um, 
is estimating more of 130, but others are saying it could make as much as 175. This is all coming from Variety. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, what, what does that say? What does it say about, you know, or does it say anything about our comfort level in going back to the theater? Or is this just the magic of, of Spider-Man as an IP? You know what, man? As sad as it is, I don't think it says anything about our comfort level. Mm. I think that people at this point have decided what is what is and what isn't worth their time, their energy, and their safety. Yeah. I've seen it at my job. I've seen it at the shows that I've gone to. I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've personally done it. <laughs> right. I've, I, it just, we're past the point of what is safe and what isn't. Mm-hmm. We are now in an era of, what's worth the risk weighing risks yeah yeah so there's a lot of people who are like none of it's worth it and i'm gonna be a shut-in until this whole thing is over right there's a lot of people who are like fuck this i can't be in the house anymore Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna live my life the way that i want to live it and deal with the consequences and then there's another sect of people who are saying i don't care about anything i'm gonna act like this isn't even happening at all let's just go and i think there's like that in between of people who are like hmm I'm going to be safe, uh, but if it seems a little weird, I'm not going to go. And I think that's where I'd say like 60 to 70 percent of people in this country fall into, which is like, eh. Yeah. Is there there a lot of people there? I don't know. Yeah. It's the most logical stance, really. It's it's kind of that middle ground that we all kind of, I guess, gravitate towards. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like I, that's kind of where I'm at. I have to take a little extra precaution because, you know, I'm autoimmune. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I still do do the calculations in my head and go, well, I think it's safe enough. Yeah. Because what else can you really do at yeah. this point, you know? Yeah. You can't. I mean, you can, but can you really live just staying in your house all the time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. You can at this point with, you know, delivery services and sure. the, the, I mean, you can. You literally can. You but literally can. I don't but think you it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's not it's mentally against, healthy yeah. a thing for you to do. Um, so there is, uh, when it comes to this, it's very, it's just, it's, it's illuminating to see when people are willing to risk things like that. Like, you wouldn't fill up a theater. You wouldn't be shoulder to shoulder with another person unless it was a Spider-Man movie, which is just really interesting to me. I'm not judging yeah. people. I'm just fascinated by where we are as a country at this point and what, how we're handling these things. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what the answer is as to the overall uh, way to handle 2021 and i mean at this point it's 2022 <laughs> yeah so 2022 how do you handle the new year how do you yeah. how do you navigate this uh if you say new normal i'm gonna slap you. i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna I, I honestly wasn't even thinking of that phrase but uh how do you navigate this new normal you know <laughs> how do you navigate this world that we're living in now i wasn't even thinking about that really i was thinking most people are doing what they're going to do. Get away. <laughs> you saw that, right? I did. <laughs> Most people are doing what they're going to do. Yeah. And they're not letting 
and and it's not even like a blue versus red, liberal versus conservative, progressive versus whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just people are tired of of the restrictions. They're tired of living the way that they're asked to be live. Yeah, asked to live, and. To me, it feels like I don't want to go too political with this. It feels like the government is not. It feels like they've gotten to a point where they're comfortable with where we are right now. Mm. It feels like we have gotten really stagnant with how like it feels like we haven't progressed past mid 2020. Yeah. Where we were like, oh, this works for now. Mm-hmm. It like right now, it feels like we could be innovating. We could be doing different things. We could be, we could be living a relatively normal life had most businesses and federal entities continued to progress and continued to look at how we are supposed to normalize life. It right. feels like a lot of these entities have gotten comfortable. Like when you go, <clears throat> Florida, for instance, is really hard to judge because <laughs> you go to one business and everyone's wearing masks. Right. And you can't even get in without a mask. Yeah. And then you go to another business and they're like, if you wear a mask in here, we will shoot you in the face. Right. So it's Florida's hard to judge. And you know they have guns. They definitely here. But there are other places that are like like New York, for instance, is a place where you can't get into a most buildings, most things, Mm -hmm. restaurants, clubs and whatnot without a vaccine card. Card. Yeah. Right? So you've got Another, you've got two states in one country where they're like one place is like this. We're gonna handle this completely different. Yeah. And so, I just, I'm really disappointed in this country, and I'm disappointed in the government, <laughs> just in general, just in general. Yeah. Blanket but statement. Yeah. I, I'm just disappointed that like we've gotten to a point where we just everyone's just going. It's just a free for all. We're just like I'm gonna handle this the way that uh, I'm gonna handle it. And yeah. We'll see what shakes out. I mean, that's kind of the USA, baby. Like, it's kind of up. A lot of it's up to individual states. Yeah. Um, That's kind of how things are set up. So, you know, especially in Florida, we've seen a lot of pushback from our governor versus the president, the current president. Yeah. Um, And that just leads to confusion, frankly, as to what you should be listening to and what you should be doing. Yeah. And that's why you see in Florida in particular one business will you know follow these guidelines while the other business will follow these guidelines and it's like okay well if we're not all on the same page then what are we doing here right because it's not gonna work right you know but i don't know i mean I, i i agree but i feel like there is some personal responsibility uh at the root of why things haven't progressed Everyone who is anti-vax, everyone who's anti-mask, people say people downplaying it. Um, all of those things, re- regardless of how you feel about the virus itself, mm. have only prolonged this process. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, there's there's certain things that are out of our control. You know, like Omicron started overseas, and it's headed over here. Mm-hmm. It's already here. Yeah. Not headed. Right. It's already here, but I'm saying like the surge is coming mm-hmm. because we see that happening in the UK. And the UK is a really good, you know, kind of forecast for how things are going to end up here. And it's surging currently in the UK back to, you know, numbers that were pretty close to where they were back in the day. So, 
there's some things we can't control about this, but there are things that we can. And yeah. I feel like the resistance against masking, the resistance, resistance against vaccines, uh, especially in Florida in particular, um, I think that's that's only led to things being harder down the line. And then this sort of counterintuitive thought of like, well, it's not working anyway, clearly. Look at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't... You don't try that hard to make it work, and then you go, see, it's not working. It, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever had a partner like this, but it's like if you ask your partner, let's say you're living in with your partner, right? And you say, hey, do you mind taking out the garbage every once in a while? Mm-hmm. And they go, fine, I'll do it. You go, great. They take it out one time, and the garbage bag rips and everything goes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they go, look, I'm not good at this. Right. You need to do this. Right. <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. You know, like it's the same idea. Like you're not trying. Right. <laughs> you're, you're acting like you're doing your best. You're really not. Yeah. And that's why this isn't working out. At least partially. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some act of God in this as well. But, you know, I, I think for the most, <clears throat> maybe not, maybe let me backtrack on that a little bit. Not for the most part, but a great deal of this has to do with people not being personally responsible. Yeah. And being safe and doing what they can, not chipping into the greater good. The greater good. Um, yes, I, I will agree that that is definitely a part of it. But I think that <sighs> we have for too long been left to our own devices. Yeah. And I think the Democrats and I think Joe Biden, they're just so afraid of being accused of communism or socialism i mean they already are given what they're doing But that's what i'm saying it's like anything that they do you're gonna get accused of this hot button uh issue of being a communist or a socialist or what have you or a nazi apparently yeah yeah you're just gonna you're gonna get confused you're gonna get uh accused of that by your detractors sure did that stop the right from doing what they were doing no. <laughs> no. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So why are we so sensitive to to these identity bull like this identity bullshit where it's like, "Oh, you, you uh, god forbid someone who doesn't even someone who was never ever going to support anything that you put on the books in the first place has a disparaging remark to say about you. God forbid. Yeah. Fuck them." Mm-hmm. Do what you're supposed to anyway. I don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want to get too political. Okay. <laughs> as, okay. As we've gotten political, uh-huh. I'm just saying it is amazing that we are where we are right now. Yeah. It. Uh, it's just it, amazing. Let's just let's end this specific topic with this. I think both sides have shit the bed on this one. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I, I feel like. There is equal blame, maybe not equal, <laughs> but plenty of blame. I wouldn't say equal, but yeah. Plenty of blame, plenty I of will blame. say, to share amongst uh, both of our two-party system that has been failing us for years. Let's continue. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see this movie do the money that it's going to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do you think of the latest Spider-Man? Oh, uh, man. We've spent almost an hour on just <laughs> Spider-Man. Okay, let's get off Spider-Man. Let's talk very quickly 
Let's 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 do a quick wrap up on uh, Cowboy Bebop. Okay. So to 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 kind of cap this one off, Spider Man looked like it looks like it's going to do gangbusters. Yes. I'm going to try to see it this week if I can oh, potentially. I don't yeah. know when you're planning on seeing it. Not sure. But whenever we do, we can obviously talk about the quality of the movie itself. Yeah. But obviously, Spider Man as an IP alone and the MCU on top of that is a perfect storm to get people to take that risk there you go all right cowboy bebop you saw it i did not yeah the live action we're talking about netflix that was recently canceled what do you think about it well i'm first of all surprised that you haven't watched it okay to me is the most disappointing part of this whole endeavor (laughs) is that you adam rodriguez have not watched it i'm so sorry I am uh, okay. So it got it. It's been canceled by Netflix after only one season, and this came as a surprise to some, not a surprise to others. If you were kind of paying attention to how Netflix does these things, sure, yeah, they're ruthless. Yeah, they really are. They really are. And I and I read something about how they have this metric, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, so don't quote me on this, but. Someone was saying that they work at Netflix and or they worked at Netflix. And one of the metrics that they go by is literally like, do you start the show? Do you hang in? Do you watch a majority of the show? If you don't, that's considered a failure. Mm -hmm. So these they are strictly in the business of binging. They put a thing out. If you don't consume it in a weekend, it's a failure Mm -hmm. to them. Again, I don't know how much truth there is to that yeah. because Netflix is very, very tight-lipped sure. on their analytics. And, and intrinsically, they have all of the data they could possibly ever want about every user and their, their viewing um, tendencies. Right. So, I mean, they can base it off any metric whatsoever. I Actually, back in the day, I heard that what helped a show is if you add it to your list – that was like a point up. Oh. So. Interesting. From that point on, anytime I was even interested in a show, I would add it to my list. Yeah. Just to try to be like, keep this around. I, I want to see what this is about. Right. Um, I don't know how true that is either, though, because, you know. Because they don't give us any information. Yeah, so there's a secret sauce behind they it. They shouldn't be allowed to just <laughs> not dole that information not out. Not say. And apparently they're just as bad with creators, too. Like, they are still secretive with like even stand-up comedians I've heard on podcasts saying like, yeah, I don't know wh- what my numbers are right now or like yeah. how it's doing. They but just don't tell them. They're yeah. Just like, it's, it's good. We're going to pay you X amount of dollars to do this. And yeah. then whatever happens, happens. We'll but see if you get you back for another one or that's so that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so the show comes out, it gets bombarded <laughs> by, you know, the nerds jump in and, and, and before they even see the show, they look at the cast and they're like, nope, that's not my Faye. Sure. That's not my Spike. Sure. That black dude is definitely not my Jet. <laughs> Which is... Well, no, I, I you know what? Let me reverse what? that stance. I'm, I bet there was a lot of people who were like, that's the only thing that worked for them was like, yeah, I, Jet's I, a black guy. <laughs> I, did, I did see that response a lot. Like, yeah. they nailed Jet. He did a really good job. He sounds yeah. just like the guy. He sounds yeah. just like him. It's crazy. Yeah. I had to Google if he was the voice actor because <laughs> I know the voice actor is black, and I had to Google it. I was mm-hmm. like, "Is he? Mm-hmm. This is this just sounds too yeah. close." He's doing a really good impression. Mm-hmm. 
So he's fantastic. The show itself. Ugh. Uh-huh. Ugh. This is the show you wanted me to see. This is the show that I, it's not that I want you to see the show. Okay. It's okay. that I need you to see the show. Okay. I need you to understand the frustration. I need <sighs> you to feel the way that I do or feel however you want, but it'd be preferable if you felt the way that I do. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is a show that now this is just my opinion and I know there's some pushback on this. And so take this for what it is. This is not fact. This is not the definitive statement on the show. Cause Adam obviously hasn't even watched the show, but to me, it feels like, a bunch of producers got in there, too many cooks it, mm-hmm. and it feels like a bunch of people didn't really understand what made or what makes Cowboy Bebop so good in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of choices that are made where you just go, this is just <laughs> isn't, this ain't my Bebop. Right. And for me personally, it was hard to separate the live action from the anime because a lot of it I was trying to watch and just go, okay, they're making choices because they're trying to create a, a TV show that's going to last like five or six seasons. So you got to space some stuff out. Sure. You got to do some weird shit. You got to flesh out some characters and whatnot. So I, the whole time I was trying to keep that in mind. But they just, they just made so many choices that you're just like, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> Yeah. You don't get why this show's so good. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. It I don't know. It just felt like uh a lot of people that just like just didn't understand the show. They didn't understand what made it so good. It felt like they got the cool quote unquote mm-hmm. factor of the show and then that was it. Right. Service level. Yes. Yeah. It was very service level. Right. No matter how much they tried to flesh out characters that didn't get a lot of backstory, it really felt like you know, here just there's just a lot of stereotypical characters Mm -hmm. like for some reason they give jet this weird now he has a kid uh backstory where he's like you know my my kid i gotta i gotta make it to her birthday and you're like what (laughs) he what he's a bounty hunter and like he's got to make it to his his kid's birthday yeah but he hasn't seen the kid in like 10 years kid doesn't even know who he is really it's like stereotypical uh, divorcee story where he's like I gotta do right by my kid and the wife is this put upon wife or ex-wife and now she's you know fucking some other guy who is like a good dude comparatively and like you're supposed to hate him but you can't really cause it's like yeah he's taking care of the family or whatever yeah. Jet's whole thing or I'm sorry Spike's whole thing with Julia and Vicious is like almost immediately introduced mm-hmm. and you're like oh well in the TV show it's like the very end. Yeah, you get glimpses yeah. of what that whole thing is. But with this, they're just like, yep, that's what he's that's his whole thing. I heard that they unnecessarily fleshed out the Julia character and storyline. Don't even get me started on Julia. Okay. I'm sorry, Steve. I hate <laughs> I hated the Julia character. I hated the vicious character. Uh-huh. And honestly, I hated Faith. <laughs> they all were fleshed out unnecessarily. And the way that they do it makes me I'm just I'm 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 trying so hard to be optimistic about the show because here's what I'll say. If you watched it 
without the context of the original anime in mind, um, you get a fun show. Okay. You do. It's fun. It's a it's a western. It's a sci-fi movie. You get you get John Cho and a bunch of people in it, and they're all they're all doing their job. And it's like it's a it's a enjoyable experience. I watched it with Paris. She didn't have the uh, context of the anime in mind, mm-hmm. so she enjoyed it. You know, and I can see why she enjoyed it. I enjoyed aspects of the show, but when you have the anime in mind and you're watching the choices that they make, you're just like. Why did they do that? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. They just could have stuck with the fucking thing and it would have been amazing. So <sighs> I mean, it sounds like every live action anime adaptation. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So that brings us to the fact that Netflix canceled it after only one season. Very early. Very like, early. It didn't come out that long ago. It just came out. Yeah. What, like two months ago? I mean, I don't even know if it was two months. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nope, mm-hmm. we're not even going to waste our time, yeah. energy, or money on a second season yeah. of this show. And I would like to say, ironically, given everything that I've just said, it deserved a season two. <laughs> it did. I think it needed a season two to flesh out all of the weird sh- weird choices that they made in season one. I was very interested to see how they were going to make all these things make sense. Yeah, and okay. seeing as they didn't get the opportunity, it leaves you with this just empty feeling of like, oh, well, now we have this shitty TV show, <laughs> and and no answers to the questions that they brought up. So here's the thing, and I know you you asked me this off mic as to why I didn't watch it, uh-huh. and I mean the main reason for me is that I mean I I just feel like. There wasn't anything, especially after the reviews came out, there wasn't anything. There was no reason for me to enter that world knowing that the source material was better. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, it's it's ruining the original for me. But at the same time, like, if I've seen it done better already, why waste my time, Mm. you know? And I've gotten to that ripe old age where I am... I mean, I'm a I'm a voracious consumer of content, as yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But I've become more choosy mm. as to what I choose to consume. Okay. I'm more picky um, because, you know, we have finite time on this planet. Mm. And I'd rather spend my time doing something that I enjoy. Yeah. Or consuming something I enjoy or could enjoy. Yeah. Or is at least very, at very least interesting. And... I mean, everything that I heard about, everything that I, I I have read about, all the reviews I've seen, and most of the opinions shared with me are that there's really no reason to go into this mm. if, you know, you enjoyed the anime. It's a, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm curious. I'm now, I'm now curious. But with everything you said... Even though you just said that you think it served a second season, if they couldn't get it right in the amount of hours they had in that first season, they don't deserve a second season. Yeah. They just don't. It's like a game that, like, everyone says, oh, you know, the first eight hours kind of suck. But, you know, after that, it's awesome. Yeah. If you don't get me in the first eight hours, 
you don't deserve my time. I'm sorry. Right. right. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep playing this game after eight hours I've spent with you. Right. No. Yeah. No. No. You have you have the time allotted to you. You have to make the most of it. If you don't, then I'm sorry. You get canceled. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to balance that because there is. There's the idea that you have to cater to, you know, the fact that we're living in this kind of this society where it's like, yo, I have even on your own platform, I have millions of sure. choices. I, I, all I have to do is press one button and right. I can move on to the next show. Yeah. So you have to cater to that while simultaneously creating a thing that isn't a piece of art that works on its own that like you're asking a lot of people. When you say to them, like, give me a chance, just give me a couple hours and I can I can flesh this out. But you got to give me a little bit of time. And most people are going to be like, look, I'm no, I'm not going to give you that. Yeah. Like, it's just I, I, I and and you watch like a show like The Witcher, for instance, mm-hmm. that didn't need a full season to to grab you. No, it's good. It's, it's, yeah. First episode. It's good. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill is good. Right. Action's great. It looks amazing. He looks fantastic. He's great as Geralt. It just it just works. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't need two three seasons to figure this out. Right. Just because you think it could be better in season 2 doesn't mean it deserved a season 2 is what I'm trying to say. I and and I agree with that. I I can't I can't argue with that because you're right. Um watching it, I can't imagine ever rewatching I can't imagine spending the time to rewatch the live action when the anime's sitting right there for sure. Because not only yeah. do I still have your DVD or Blu-ray, <clears throat> you have a lot of things. I do have a lot of Blu-rays <laughs> from you. Uh, not only do I still have that, but now it's on Netflix, so it's like right. it, it, it's so easy to just watch the masterpiece, the better version. Why would I ever spend my time rewatching their their poorer excuse of the show? And you're as- you're answering the question you asked me yourself yeah <laughs> that's exactly i don't know why. you're not morbidly curious though i am that's what i'm saying i at this point after what you've explained to me i am curious to see just you know curiosities all i would give them basically is to see how they decided to interpret that content yeah because it's not all bad yeah jet's great like i said i think john Cho is fantastic as a different version of spike not the spike that i had in mind but a different version of spike he's a little older and his characterization is a little different but it's not bad i think he's i think he's fantastic i think Mm -hmm. john cho's great yeah um i assume ein's good (laughs) yeah it's good (laughs) okay they don't utilize ein nearly as much as they should and i think Faye's terrible Mm. and it has nothing to do with the fact that like she wasn't like her tits weren't out. Like mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with that. It's that she shows up and she's just her entire character is just weeding dialogue. They weedenized her. That's all she is. Like if I have to hear her call someone a a dick bag one more time, I'm like, dog, no one talks like that. Yeah. No one even talk like that when they talk like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was driving me crazy every time she was on screen. I mean, she ran up whatever quota they had for curse words. She ran it up, and it was just like, "Oh, okay, I get it. She's the badass, mm-hmm. you know, shit talking female character of the show." And it's mm-hmm. like, 
That it, makes her quirky. Yeah, it just didn't need to be that way. Uh, her original character was just it just works so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You can have attitude without just cursing. Yeah. Yeah. Calling people dick bags. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, I'm just interested in the fact that like obviously I've sent my piece on it. But shows like that get canceled all the time. Sure. And sometimes it's not like Altered Carbon. Is a show that I'm going to harp on until the day that I die mm. because I think it's a fantastic show and got canceled after two seasons because I guess no one watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Or it just cost too much. Or it just cost too much yeah. to make. Yeah, maybe because like they had some like big name actors in it and mm. th- it looked amazing and right. it probably just was hard to produce. But why does a show like that get canceled? You know, why does the- these shows have a very short leash? Yeah. It's just, um, I don't know. It's frustrating to see. It's frustrating. Like, if you, like, Steve, he was, he's a, he, he liked the show. Mm-hmm. You know, he liked Cowboy Bebop. And, you that, know, for him. Did, to, did he watch the anime? Oh, yeah. He's big anime. I mean, he has the, the, um, not the Bebop, but, um, Spike ship tatted on his arm. Oh. Oh, yeah. I guess he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> he's a big, he's a big fan. He's the biggest fan in, uh, as big a fan as we are, probably more. Mm-hmm. And he liked the show. Thought that they, they made some interesting choices. Thought that they did some different stuff. Thought that it deserved to be fleshed out. Mm. So, you know, somebody like, for someone like him, for the show to just be canceled after one season, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it, it feels like a crime. It feels like a travesty. Yeah. And it's like, what do you chalk that up to? Do you chalk that up to just the bad reviews or is it just these shows just don't have – they just don't have the time and the the money to expend on a thing that's just not – like just needs more work. Like if it's not out the gate successful – like Squid Game, for instance. Sure. Comes out. We all know at this point the legendary story of how long it took to make the show mm-hmm. and all that stuff, yada, yada. How quickly did they fucking renew that show? Immediately. I mean it was almost immediate. Yeah. You know? You could tell the second that show came out yeah. that season two was coming, right? Yeah. And it's just stuff like that where, uh, first of all, you don't know because I'm sure that they thought this. St- Stranger Things, too, you know? Like, yeah, that's another <laughs> that thing. That was where... almost immediate uh, once that t- became a thing, really. Yeah, it became a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, the Witcher is another one where. I mean, it's taken a really long time for the second season to come out, which I is kind of strange. I think it's out now. No, it's coming out next week. I think December 22nd, oh, okay. if I'm not mistaken. I've seen reviews come up yeah. this week. I checked last night. Yeah. I know at least as far as tonight, it's not out yet. Okay. And, you know, is it just that it got bad reviews or is it that you know, the nerds kind of take, took over and was like, it's not my bebop, so fuck that show. I think, uh, I mean, at least for me, unfortunately, like I was saying, it was a mixture of kind of all of those things uh, that led me not to even give it a try. Yeah. Which was, you know, my predisposition to not wanting to give content I think is going to inherently be bad a try. Yeah. Um, because of my choosiness. But also... The, uh, I mean, essentially middling to bad reviews it got across the board, which let me know from an artistic stance, generally, if it wasn't received well, 
you know, there may not be much more than just general entertainment value involved in it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, just knowing that, like, the chances of it being as good or nearly as good as the source material is very low mm-hmm. already. Yeah. So all those things stacked against it and so much else that I can possibly do- be doing with my time. You know, like, I didn't find the time for it. Yeah. But all that being said, um, even though it is canceled, I think I'll give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll watch it just out of morbid curiosity. Yeah. Knowing that Steve loved it and you don't. Yeah. I want to see where I land on that spectrum. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a watch. I'll give it a watch. That's worth it for me. All right. I, I, I think I can speak for both of us, even though you haven't seen the show, and just say that, like, what a resounding disappointment. <laughs> At the end of the day, to base a show off of a masterpiece of source material, something yeah. that's already just beloved, and then go in and do this thing and, and have these mixed to middling reviews on this thing, it's already disappointment in and of itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I think something like adapting... Uh, like a all time classic, like the HBO Watchmen did, is such a smart way to go about it. Yeah, to make a sequel essentially outside in the same world, but like outside of those direct characters for the most part, is a really smart way to do it. Yes, and I feel like a Cowboy Bebop show that's sort of adjacent to the characters and storylines that we know may have been a smarter way to go about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I, I completely agree with that. That would have been a much more interesting. Uh, avenue to take than yeah. to just try to rehash the magic of the original. Yeah. You can just set something in the same universe, touch on these characters that we all know and love, mm-hmm. but still do something wholly original. Right. Oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah. 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 <sighs> the whole show is, is from Ayn's POV. I love it. Yeah. I'd, I'd tune in for that. Dude, Ed... <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen the images. I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's as bad <laughs> as people are... It's, it's, as, it's, yeah, it's that yeah. bad. It's, re- it's just like... It's like... I mean, you, 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 will ha- you will experience this at some point, but it's like your niece or nephew doing some weird, cringy thing from the internet, and you're mm-hmm. just like, I have to put up with this because they're my family and I love them, but... Ugh, I mm-hmm. want to fucking just throw them out the window. Yeah. It's just so cringe. That's what it's like. What? Super over-the-top theater kid acting. You're making me just... not want to watch it again. Well, that's at the very end. Spoiler yeah. alert. Okay. You don't have to worry about Ed. Ed never shows up until the end. <laughs> okay. Which is, another, again, another a knock on the show where you're like, Radical Ed's awesome. Yeah. Why would you wait? Steve had this really interesting theory on that. He was like, I bet they waited to see how it was received and then they could tweak the character uh-huh. after the fact yeah and then season two have it be perfect yeah yeah and obviously they're not going to get the chance right so yeah <clears throat> anyway mm-hmm. i think we've harped on these things enough mm-hmm. i think we can get the freak out of here i think so but before we do that we obviously have to do our cheers of the week. It's true. We don't have any I know. beer. I, it's bad luck to not cheers with a drink. It is my bad friend. luck. 
So give me a second. I'll grab something. Okay. What's what's in there? Uh, well, I just have the dogfish heads. You want to do those right now? Sure. I don't mind if you don't mind. I don't mind if you don't mind. Yeah. I want to shoot, baby. Well, then let's do it. Shoot, shoot, baby. You are talking about these, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, they didn't cut anything off, right? I don't think so. <laughs> it looks like we're still rolling. Well, the camera camera should be fine. Yeah. This is still rolling. All right. Picture me rolling. Okay. Okay, let's go. Let's go. So we have to cheers, and we have to cheer. We can't cheers with empty glasses, and so. That's true. This right here is the Dogfish Head 90 Minute Imperial IPA. With all new branding. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No cold read, but do you want to read off the... Uh, well, there's a there's a very, very minimal cold read. Yeah. Uh, the Dogfish Head 90 Minute Imperial IPA. Our continually hopped Imperial IPA whose powerful malt backbone stands up to the extreme hopping rate for a pungent... Not crushing hop flavor. Not crushing. No. And that bad boy's at a 9%. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be here a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have snacks. Don't worry. <laughs> so <clears throat> we got to do the cheers of the week. And uh, my cheers of the week goes to... I think it'd be pretty obvious for the people in my life. Peter Jackson, Disney Plus, as much as I hate to cheers, <laughs> uh, corporate in- a billion-dollar right. corporate entity. Something we have already given a lot of PR to yeah. in this episode. They're, the, the Get Back documentary, I finished it. Last week I hadn't finished it, so Good job. <clears throat> I'm just finishing it off here. Uh, I finally finished it, and, you know... It's just, I mean, it, it took up a lot of my life for the past couple of weeks. What'd I tell you? Because not just the documentary itself, uh-huh. but it also makes you want to go through and just listen the catalog. to it. Yeah. Yep. So I went back and I listened to like uh, Revolver, I listened to Let It Be, I listened to some Abbey Road, then I listened to uh, Paul McCartney's first album, uh, McCartney. Lennon's like third album. I obviously listen to All Things Must Pass, George Harrison's album. So getting a Ringo in there? I just it's funny you bring that up because I just started listening to um his greatest hits. Okay. Photograph, his greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Which uh I mean Photograph's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, <clears throat> I love I love Ringo, man. He's just such a You can't help but love Ringo. He's so endearing. Yeah. He's so endearing. He's just like this lovable goof mm-hmm. in the whole thing yep. you're just like like you're you have not exceeded the stereotype even in the slightest mm-hmm. you're just the drummer of the beatles and i know all through history people are always like ringo's underrated and he did what he needed to in the service of the song which i agree but you watch this documentary and you can't help but notice like Nah, man, he's exactly what people say. I'm not calling him dumb. I'm saying like no. he just didn't care. He was just like a fun-loving. But at the same time, you notice whenever any of them just start 
riffing on something. He's right there with him. Yep. No, I, I and, and I want to be clear. I think he's a talented musician. I think he does understand what is necessary for a song. And that is a mark of greatness. Mm-hmm. I do think, I agree when people say, like, he understands what's necessary and what's yeah. not. He's not doing too much. No. He's always doing just enough. He's I a, do ha, agree with he that. He has a very identifiable drumming style, too. Yeah. So I think that's that's a often uh, under, under uh, I guess, appreciated, appreciated overlooked yeah. aspect yes. of his drumming. Under-overlooked. Under-overlooked. Aspect of, of Ringo. Yeah. And his contribution to the Beatles. Yeah, so I, I, I do not want to, uh, you know, gloss over the fact that I do respect him as a musician for what he what he did. But it is just really funny to watch the thing, <laughs> yeah. and he's just, like, there. Just, just being a goof. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever you guys want to do, Let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to do stuff. Can we just do it? Yeah. Can, can we, we just like, play? What's the point? You know, yeah. like, oh, that's, oh, you're doing it. Okay, we're doing a song. And then he just rips into it. Yeah. You know. There are zero, like, <clears throat> politics involved. There's. Not with him. No. There's no no kind of drama. It's just. Nope. It just seems like a. I'm all, here. It just seems like a pleasant, nice person. In fact, there is a moment where. Paul McCartney's wife at the well, she wasn't his wife at the time, but she mm. becomes his wife, Linda. Linda. She's like, Ringo's my favorite. She flat out just <laughs> says, Ringo's my favorite Beatle. Mm-hmm. He's the most pleasant. He's such a nice, he has like good energy. He's the nicest yeah. to be around. She flat out just says, He's my favorite Beatle. And then I think Yoko or somebody is like, Yeah, he's he's <laughs> the best. He's the nicest dude to be around. Yeah. <laughs> Which I fucking love. The goodest dude to know. <laughs> So my cheers goes to, you know, Peter Jackson for being able to cut down 150 hours. Mm. Uh, shout out to the editor, by the way. I was looking at the cast or the the Crew. credits and I forgot the person's name. Um, but shout out to the editor of, of the, the Get Back documentary. That must have been arduous. Man. Oh, can you yeah. imagine? Well, also being like the best job in the world. Right. You know? To like, be able to sift through all that. Yeah. Stuff. You're in the archives just looking at stuff that hasn't been seen in. 50 years yeah so shout out to them i just want to say if you're a beatles fan if you're a fan of musical songwriting if you're curious about that era of of their of their careers or if you just have you know eight hours to spare watch the documentary go for it what else are you watching <sighs> cowboy bebop live action <laughs> yeah my well, cheers of the week you, goes to Halo Infinite. Glug glug. Um, yeah, I, I talked a little bit about Halo Infinite uh, a couple episodes ago when Juan was here, right? Uh huh. So they just dropped the full game release now, which includes the single player campaign. I've been running through that, and it is an absolute pleasure. To be back with Mr. Chief himself. Mr. Chief. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not super far into it, but just everything I've played so far, it's uh, just like I was saying about the multiplayer. It is a near-perfect combination of things that you miss about the original Halo games and innovations into the new. 
this open world design of Halo is really interesting, really cool. Um, they've added in like what is essentially boss fights. Yeah. Into Halo, which is really really cool too. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think they went above and beyond on this one, like campaign wise. After not loving four and five very much, um. I mean, this is a return to form. Mm. And a lot of people were doubting that the Studio 343 would be able to pull it off um, in this post-Bungie Halo world. But mm. I feel like they got some secret sauce going on with this one. And apparently the the thought behind Halo Infinite, you know, hence its name, is that this is going to be sort of the platform that they just drop more content into for the next who knows how many years. Yeah. Um, and if this is sort of the, the template and, and the foundation for more stuff in this, uh, in this world, I mean, I'm excited. It seems like that's what studios want to do, yeah. which is release a flagship game and then go, that's the game. Mm-hmm. Now, now that we have access to this, uh, this idea of, because DLC used to just be, let's put a new map, mm-hmm. let's put some more player skins, but right. now... You can update a game, and you can put a patch in to update the textures of the game mm-hmm. and the way that it plays. The yeah. control you can change things yeah. on the fly. Why would you ever build a game from the ground up when you can just take the flagship game that yeah. you've already put out and then just continue Iterate to on it? Yeah, it seems like that's what Bungie wanted to do with Destiny. Well, because think about it, there's. You already have a hook in people because they own the game already. Right. They're already in that ecosystem. Right. They have it in their game box right yes. now. <clears throat> All they have to do is pony up 30 bucks, and they get to download this thing at home, and it's suddenly this expansion upon mm-hmm. what they've already invested in. And if you slow drip that stuff, give things here and there, and you just space it out, you can make somebody spend hundreds of dollars. Sure. Because I know for me... I'm not going to give you 30 bucks for DLC. Yeah. But if you're like, five bucks for this, I'll be like, I got five bucks right now. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Five dollars another month or so later. I don't know. I got five. What's four ninety nine? Right. You know, I don't even think about it when I'm downloading video games on, on PlayStation Network. But in the sense of like you were saying with Bungie and uh, Destiny, if if it's like a new era that you're downloading. Yes, yes, for sure. You will pony up the 30 bucks yes. if it's going to be this entirely new adventure, essentially. But you have to advertise it that way. Yeah. You have to let people know because people feel gypped when it's a $30 DLC, but we also know PCA. that... A- you can't say gypped anymore. Huh? You can't say gypped anymore. Why? It's offensive to gypsies. Is it? It is. <laughs> That's where it's from. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, uh, boned. Boned? Yeah. Fucked? Fleeced? Sure. Yes. All good. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting fleeced for 30 bucks um, by this by this franchise that, like... You've already put money into. But not only that, but you're also thinking... You're, all, you're, you're, you're looking at the horizon and you're going, there's a new game coming, so... I'm going to sure. spend X amount of dollars on this $65 product that I've already spent money on. I'm going to give them more money, and then they're going to put out a new right. fucking game. The next game. thing is going to come out next year. So if you, so GTA, for instance, if Rockstar was like, yo, this is the game, 
and all we're going to do is expand this game. Right. It's just called Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. Yeah. Then I would I would more than welcome more uh, like DLC, mm-hmm. and I would spend the money on the stuff that they put in, like this new expansion with Dr. Dre or whatever. Right, right. I would buy that if I knew that the that that was gonna be like this is how video games are gonna be released going forward. Yeah. But if I have GTA Six in my head on the horizon, no, I'm not gonna spend that money. That I think they're laying the groundwork for that right now, though, because we've seen games go from PS4 to PS5 and having these upgrades, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I have because the only argument I have against that is like, well, sure, you can make this like ongoing world that you just iterate on and you just have like Grand Theft Auto and just add stuff to it. But then when there's a graphical leap for the next generation, what do you do? Right. You need a new platform at that point. Right. But you don't. But you don't. (laughs) You just iterate on that and add more to it and up res it and add more stability, right. uh, lower the load times, right. et cetera. That's the point of technology we're at right now anyway. Right. So it's essentially just like having it on a higher-end PC at that point. Right. So I, I, there's there's no barrier anymore for yeah. them not to do that. So I'd be honestly a little surprised if they don't do that with the next Grand Theft Auto. It does feel like this is the way that the industry is going. Well, they've especially because they've waited so long. For a new GTA in particular. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah, they're just like kind of biding their time before they go. Like, we're waiting for... It seems like they're waiting for a big leap in technology. Yeah. A la James Cameron waiting on Am- or, uh, Avatar. Avatar, yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, they're just like, you know, this is... this is Well, uh, GTA Five's still making a ton of money, so... Yeah, exactly. So what the fuck? Why would they... <laughs> they're literally still working on GTA Five. Yeah, they're so, literally still working yeah. on it. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, in essence, that's already the platform. <laughs> yeah, with uh, GTA Online Definitely at very for, least for them, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I watch on TikTok sometimes, like, um, like the the whole GTA role playing thing. I didn't mm. even know that that was like a separate thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that people, I thought that everyone on GTA Online had this unspoken agreement. Where if you were driving around in a cop car, uh-huh. they just respected you as a cop. Uh-huh. I didn't understand that there was a different thing altogether. I don't. I don't realize that. I thought <laughs> you're it, you're opening my eyes. To I, that I'm right pretty now. sure that there's like a there's a whole other aspect of like. Is it like a mode? I don't know if it's a different mode. Uh, I don't know, but like there's people. Like, or it's like it's, running on like a private server, and it's just like we're maybe cops. maybe that's what it is. It's private. Private servers. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think you have... I think... There's like an invite-only yes, type it's, deal? Yes, it's a, it's a server. It's, it's different servers that you jump into. Okay. But it is role-play, quote-unquote. Right, right. Where you are like a cop or whatever you are in mm. the game. And that's, that's the point, is that like everyone who's in the server respects you as such sure yeah so um i love that because it's it's really it's it's pushing the boundaries of what the game could be and what i always thought online was supposed to be Mm -hmm. which was pushing those boundaries yeah you know so you you even like i've been able to play a bit of uh battlefield uh and though it is still kind of wonky 
what you see in portals pretty interesting yeah so it, with portal you're able to make like kind of whatever you want as far as modes go and so now they've made like zombie modes where it's like a squad of five people or so four four or five people yeah and like in endless horde of just pc controlled characters that only have knives on the ground yeah and you have to go in and plant bombs they'll uh disarm the bombs if you don't keep them off of the bomb Uh so it's i mean it is like a a real ass zombie mode which is really cool yeah that's just made out of the tools that were given so yeah so i I mean the options are endless essentially as long as the developers give you the tools to play with Mm -hmm. or keep playing with the tools themselves yeah so who is your toast to? Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun game. Uh, great, great, great stuff as a old-time Halo fan. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Well, there you go. You got a lot of stuff you need to check out over the weekend. You got mm-hmm. the new Spider-Man movie. You've got Halo. You've got the Beatles doc. And if you're on the West Coast... You've got this bad boy that you need yeah. to check out. Mm-hmm. So before we get out of here, let's review this brewski. Obi, what did you think of Pliny the Elder, the double IPA from Russian River <sighs> Company? I'm so Brewing glad Company. you asked. I'm so glad you asked. I I think I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about um, kind of beers delivering on what they set out to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. where we we majorly respect um, kind of down home, no frills, get what you got kind of beers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Pliny the Elder is exactly hitting that kind of spot mm-hmm. with a double IPA. Yeah. yeah. Um, I expected a bit more sweetness from it, uh, it being a double. Um, but I didn't get that. It was, it was very, very dry, very hoppy, which was actually a, a, a bit of a welcome surprise. It was kind of a curveball for me. Um, yeah, I mean, that being said, I think it's just a really solid ass IPA. Mm -hmm. And as a fan of solid ass IPAs, I'm on the cusp here, but I'm gonna give it four and a half. Mm. I'm gonna give it four and a half. No. Yeah. Give it a five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I say give it a five. I'm giving it a five. I think uh, it, yeah, the, the fact that it's a double IPA, the fact that it's 8%, the the fact that, like, it's not like some hazy, thick, lactose you know, oh, weird. Thank God. Right. It's, it's uh, I mean, you know, these, these, uh, I mean, we're getting in this era of, you know, every brewing company has like 30 IPAs. We've talked at nauseum about the fact that the industry has gone in this IPA direction. And maybe they're starting to kind of, you know, move in a different direction. But I still think that the IPA is king when it comes to the casual consumer. And so it's easy for them to just kind of switch the formula up yep. and do what people are expecting out of them. And instead this one is, is a little more traditional, a little cleaner. Yeah. Still hoppy, still carved up, 
but not like just you know here's here's the here's the hops this is just hop forward and and that's the beer yeah you know it's good it's really good very it sucks that it's not here yeah. <laughs> I, I if if i was going to get an ipa at this point and it's not called highlight <laughs> i would get i'd probably grab this if i mm. definitely if i saw this out i would be like oh yeah, sure what the fuck yeah and grab that so i'm gonna give it a five um you've convinced me <laughs> it will be a five for me too uh but i will explain it is for all those reasons um because you're right about it uh not not uh not kind of sinking to the depths of uh hazy hell that we can be in sometimes but yeah also i mean just just classic classic label making right here it, it looks so pretty it's so simple you gotta respect that you have to respect it you have and to. if you don't remember this is part of the review process it is it has to look it good. is it is so if you're a brewmaster out there and you're part of you know the marketing team for any brewery out there keep that in mind so if you want thing. us to review it higher at least by 0.5 yeah make a nice label have a nice label. this is a five for me mm-hmm. adjusted this might be a little too much but we're not reviewing these today that's a little too much so a unanimous five for the pliny the elder from the russian river company a russian river brewing company i think we got it i know we got it well if adam says we got it then that means it's over this has been the one beer in podcast for myself marco dupa for adam obesius rodriguez spider-man thank you guys for listening drink delicious beer bing bang boom and have a beautiful evening we love you yeah.